University. We are honored to bring the word to you through our Facebook live stream. If this is your first time coming to worship with us, know that you are in great company no matter where you are, because we do believe that we are the perfect church for imperfect people. I am Pastor Virginia, and I am going to help kick off this service for you. I'll be reading the first verse from Psalm 118. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy and his loving kindness endure forever. It endures forever. We serve the God of the impossible. We serve the God who can speak life into dry bones, and that alone gets me excited. So in your excitement, diverse city, to our guests, stand to your feet. And get ready to welcome the King of Kings. Get ready to praise the Lord of Lords. We worship you, Father God. We thank you for an amazing blessing. We thank you for your mercy and your grace, dear God. We thank you for your word, dear God. You are worthy of all the honor and the praise. And we choose today to honor you with our lives. Come through this service, dear God. Use Pastor James in the way that you find appropriate, Lord God. Speak to him. Give him a fire, Lord God, to reach us and to teach us, Father God. You are worthy of all the honor and the praise, and we worship you and believe for a wonderful thing for this service. In Jesus' mighty name, we believe for these things. Come on, diversity. Let's get to our feet if you're not already, and get ready to receive whatever it is God has for you today. Because today is the day that he has made, and today is the day that things will change. Starting right now, the impossible will happen, and we believe it. Come on, guys. Welcome the praise team as they come to bring our first song. Amen and amen. Good morning, DCC family. We have made it through yet another week, and we're just here to bring praise and worship to your homes. Um, like I always like to say, you guys feel free to join in with us. We just came to bless the name of the Lord. This scripture in Philippians 4 and 4 that says, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. And then my favorite scripture, I'm sorry, my favorite verse um, in this particular chapter um, is in 8. It says, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, Whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are <laughs> lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. All right, so I'm going to Pastor, are you paying attention? Yes. yes? Okay, so we're going to go back and forth really quickly. I know it's a little different for praise and worship, but I just want to do a little pop quiz on him. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say, Rejoice. <laughs> Not good enough. All right. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say. Rejoice. Yes. Yes. That's more like it. All right, guys. So we're going to get this started. And come on, y'all. Just begin to worship with us. You can stand on your feet. I know we're sitting here. You can stand on your feet. You can clap your hands. You can lift your hands. Whatever way you like to praise this morning. Come on, y'all. Just join in with us. Thank you. 
Welcome to Diverse City, the perfect church for imperfect people. I'd like to welcome our Diverse City partners, first-time guests, and those joining us online. Please don't forget to like, share, and ask questions. Well, at Diverse City, we believe that no matter your background, color of your skin, what you've been through in the past, or your current location, whether you're watching me from the comfort of your own home on your couch, in your car, on your phone, it doesn't matter because we have all gathered together to give God the glory, honor, and the praise for he deserves it. Amen. At this time, I'd like to make you aware of some very important announcements. We're going to start out this week on Monday with our SALT, which is our senior ministry, getting together at 2.15 for Bible study. Seniors, I want to see you there, 2.15. Tuesday, all my kids, join us for your Zoom Bible study, 7 p.m., Wayo Pedres, bring a sleep buddy, bring a toy for show and tell, and let's have a wonderful time studying the Word of God. See you there, Tuesday, 7 p.m. Wednesday, I am calling all of our youth, all of our AYM. We want to see you Wednesday, 7 p.m. for your Bible study. And then Thursday, we're going to kick off Thursday night with prayer, 7 p.m. The prayer team is ready to pray with you. Don't forget to join us on Zoom or Facebook Live. Send in your praise reports and prayer requests, and we're going to stand together and join together with you in prayer. Then we're going to be right back here on Sunday for our virtual service. Come on, during this time of juicy fruit, we're learning how to just have the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. Pastor has, God has just given Pastor an awesome word. And I'm excited and ready to just hear and learn all that I can of what God has for me this, this season. So join us on Sunday morning. 10.30 for a wonderful time of prayer, worship, and just going to the Lord and hearing what he has for us. Well, that is all that I have for you. Now let's get ready to just dive into another form of worship without giving. Hey, good morning. Hey, it's a great morning because you're alive. You can see or hear or you can feel, taste, smell, whatever. Um, maybe you have an extra sense that I don't know about. <laughs> anyway, Good morning. It's a great morning because God is on the throne, regardless of your personal situation. Amen. Um, I tell you what, this past week during the fast, uh, Virginia and I, Pastor Virginia and I really, really uh, were focused on worshiping and praying together more than we have been. And Monday night, we were in our family room trying to get into the presence of God and we were watching YouTube and uh when I was on YouTube, uh, something like the, the video wouldn't play, but I could hear the music. Uh, and I was just like, uh, man, what is what's going on? I'm trying to get focused. I'm trying to like really just be in tune to like what God is going to reveal through this time of worship. And for the life of me, I just took I just kept focusing on like the video like it was like frozen, but I could still hear the music and the words and everything that was that was being sung. And then like in that moment. Like the Holy Spirit just spoke to me and said, stop focusing on this thing you're trying to control and listen to what I have for you in the moment. And saints, I really believe that's that's so much like our daily struggle, right? 
we're so focused on like some of the things that we want to control in our flesh and in our in, in our own power to where it gets in the way of what God is really trying to reveal. And I think that's what God is trying to get us to focus on today, that as you uh, understand the principles of giving and tithe, um, God sees the bigger picture. He sees what is really important. And he, all the while, he's trying to set you up and, and bless you with this great, great thing. Open a door, open a window uh, for prosperity. We're so focused on trying to fix this little thing. So maybe that irritates us. So maybe we think we can, we can do and we know more than God, right? And God's just saying, I want you to let go and literally let me. Because I promise you, if you just release that thing and open your heart, unharden your heart, open your fist. I am going to pour an abundance into your life. Amen. So just know that your blessing starts with your obedience. Be obedient today. Be obedient tomorrow. Be obedient next week. And I promise you, you'll see a difference. Because God is on the throne and he's in control of all things, no matter what, saints. Amen. So today, right now, you can text the word diverse, not give, like I said last week. Thanks, Kevin, for fixing that. Um, but you can text the word diverse to 73256. 73256. That's the word diverse. Or you can go to diversity.church and scroll down to the donate tab and you can click on the donate tab and uh, it'll take you to a link to give that that way or you can mail it into 3201 on Tasca Street and we'll get it. we'll get it all right let's pray Heavenly Father I thank you for today I thank you for um, letting us know Lord God that you have so much more than we see father help us to not try to fix the small thing that we think we can control and father help us to understand Lord that you see the whole entire picture not just a puzzle piece but you see the whole entire picture, God. And you're trying to do so many great and magnificent things through our lives. So, God, I just thank you for the offering that's coming in, Lord God, that helps support this ministry and helps uh, uh, just build us in the community. And, Father, I, thank you, I pray that you would bless the giver and bless their obedient spirit. And, Father, as we prepare to jump back into praise and worship, I ask that you would just be among us today, Lord God. We may be in separate areas of the city and wherever else, God, but you are with us wherever we are. So God, I thank you and we give you praise. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Let's get ready for more praise and worship.
Good morning, good morning, Diverse City Church. It is Sunday, October 11th. I am excited for us to be able to share God's Word. I hope you came with a heart full of expectation of hope and believing in the power of God's Word. But let's not waste any time. Let's go ahead and locate our theme scripture for this entire scripture or a series, sorry. Galatians chapter 5. Um, Last week we read from the NIV. Today I want to read from the New Living Translation. When you got it, put it in the comments. Say, I got it. Or you could say, I am ready. Or you can just put 100s. I want to see it right now in the comments. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 and 23. And for my four tributes in the room, if you ready for the word, say, I got it. Okay, more enthusiasm on a Sunday morning. Say, I got it. Okay, stand to your feet. Let's read, church, just two simple verses. And I pray as we work through this series, this becomes a part of your heart, a part of your lifestyle, something that you continue to focus on in your own personal walk and development with Christ. Let's read. But the Holy Spirit produces this, the kind of fruit in our lives Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for our opportunity to be able to share in your word. Lord, I pray that your word, your purpose that was designed in heaven be manifested on earth today. As we continue in this fall series, Lord, I thank you, Lord, that you're creating a church that's not just growing in numbers, but we're growing spiritually, that we're creating fruit, fruit that will remain, that others will be able to see and experience, that they can taste that the Lord is good, that they can see how we respond, how we act, how we approach life, how we approach our politics, how we approach our day as we go to work, how we approach the way we honor our wives, how we approach, how we love our kids, that today will be a change, today will be a day of hope, and today will be a victory. And if you agree in this place, say amen, amen, and amen. So here we are, Juicy Fruit Part 2. I am excited. Today, last week, we took a look back and did a root inspection, but today... We're going to talk about joy. Say joy. Okay, before we get started, we need everyone to participate in free evangelism. It is your time to like. It is your time to share. If you're on YouTube, I need you to subscribe. If you're on Facebook, join a host party. Um, Our numbers in terms of shares have been getting down, and I'm looking at the comments right now. I want to see 20 
shares and the comments going on today. Let's do our part to spread positivity during this season. Amen? Okay. So, for those of you that have been hungry this week, um, I just want to say thank you for joining us on the Focus Fast. It was a three-day commitment for you to be inspired, for you to be challenged, and for you to grow. And I just want to give a round of applause to the people of Diverse City. Yes, yes, yes. You were willing to push away the plate for a greater cause. You were willing to make a sacrifice, whether that was social media or any type of commitments. There was a few people that reached out to me that this was their first time. They've been scared of the 21 days. They said, that's a little bit too much. I need a little bit more Jesus, but I can do the three days. And I am grateful for a church that's not willing to sacrifice and settle to be a fan of Christ, but we are becoming followers during this time. So as you read the scripture, and we started off with Galatians chapter 5, the fruit of the Spirit is produced by the Holy Spirit. We can't create it by ourselves, but it's through God working in us as we obey him, as we worship him, as we honor him, as we gain new experiences, God begins to produce fruit. God's goal in our life as Christians is for us to be like Jesus. The Holy Spirit is constantly working, taking out the weeds, cutting off the branches that need to be pruned to get rid of the sin nature in our life so his fruit can be displayed and our fruit can be received to be able to touch and change others' lives. So last week, if you weren't here, We looked at John chapter 15, and we did a root inspection. Because some of the things and some of our issues are, if we don't inspect the root, we can't produce the fruit. See, if a tree, a branch can only bear the fruit that's connected to the root. So you can't, I don't care how many times, if you see an apple tree, you can pray in tongues, you can read scripture, you can change the nature and pull it out. It will not produce peaches. You can't take an orange tree and desire with all your heart that bananas are going to come. We have to check our roots if we want to change our fruit. We have to check our roots if we want to be able to make a change and make a difference. So we conclude it in John chapter 15, verse 8, and you can put that on the screen just to make sure we're level set as we move forward. The Bible says, I am the vine, that's Jesus talking, and you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. So the things that we try to do on our own, it won't last, Papa John. It can't be sustained, Pastor Aldine. And we summed it up in three points as we looked at verse 1 and walked our way all the way to verse number 7. Point number 1 was connection. Say connection. When, we, when we're connected to the vine, that means there's communication, that means there's conversation, and that means that there's a desire to be more like him. Then point number two is character. Put character in the, oh, commitment. Point number two is commitment. Put commitment in the comments. 
commitment, so you're moving past desire. It means that I'm willing to stay. It means that I'm willing to abide. That means that I'm willing to continue and remain when it's good, when it's bad, when it's ugly, when it's oogly. Whatever the situation, I'm committed. I'm committed to my walk with Christ. If you want to lose weight, it's going to have to move past connection and just getting the membership and just having a desire, but it's going to take commitment. That means you have to stay. That means you have to hang out. That means it has to be an investment. And then point number three is character. See, when you get connected and you make a commitment, then God produces a new character on the inside of us. However, with us being the branches, God has to cut a few things. God has to adjust a few things. God has to change our perspective and our viewpoint on how we see things. And we have to understand, just because you get cut on doesn't mean you're getting cut off. Let me say that again. It'll hit you Monday. If you get cut on doesn't mean you get cut off. That means that God loves you. That means that God desires to see you to be the best, to be all that you have been called to be. The Bible talks about those that he loved, he get on that behind. So if you're not feeling any form of conviction in your life that you can just live any type of way you want to live, then we have to question and challenge ourselves to see if we are still connected. Amen? Amen. But what we did not get to is verse number 11. Go ahead and put this on the screen. The Bible says in verse number 11 of John chapter 15, These things I have spoken to you, verse 1 through 10, that my fruit, uh, my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. Ooh, there are two things in there that my joy will remain. So that means that we can get a hold of, that we can possess a type of joy that doesn't last. That means that we can have things that can get us excited. We can have things that make us go cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. But will it remain? Point number one, as we talk about joy, joy is developed. Sometimes we think we can just discover joy, that we're just going to walk into it. But joy has to be developed. Joy, when I think about it, Tony, joy is an anchor. Joy is constant. Joy is stable. Joy is firm. Joy is dependable. Joy is continual. It's almost like a ring. It never ends. There is no fixated point that you have received this amount of joy that it runs out. But joy will anchor. Joy will keep you. And joy is not limited to our emotions. Emotions, (laughs) they can be like a roller coaster sometimes, and you're battling between the flesh and the spirit, and sometimes that roller coaster may do a 360. Sometimes that roller coaster may do a flip, and you're hanging upside down, and you're not sure how you're going to make it, and it's going to last more than a 60 to 90 second thrill. Our emotions often get confused with joy, and we have to be careful with that. 
See, when we're thinking about joy, joy has nothing to do with status or success. Let me say that again. Just because you got money, just because your bank account tight, just because you have the best job in the world, just because you have an awesome, amazing business, just because you have a beautiful wife, just because your kids have a 4.0, does not mean you have joy. Joy, you cannot control it. Joy is not your boss. Joy is not the way your spouse treats you. Hey, can I get an amen? Any fellas out there? Joy is not if Chick-fil-A mess up your order. Matter, hold up. Is that even possible? Can Chick-fil-A mess up your order, Sean? Matter, if Chick-fil-A messed up my order, I just believe the Lord knew that I didn't order it right. I don't think Chick-fil-A can mess up my order. I've come to the point, as long as you put three to five Chick-fil-A sauce in the back, I'll take it. I've had everything on the menu. But there's a few other places, McDonald's, Burger King, I'm going to stop right there, that will mess up your order and your happiness level drops and you think, I don't have joy anymore. But that is not joy. See, ladies and gentlemen, joy is based on the internal, but happiness is based on external circumstances. Let's break that down. External circumstances, external environment. I get a new car. (laughs) Hallelujah. You get a new house. You're happy. We get new members of the church. Ha ha. We open up the church again. Hallelujah. I'm happy. I get a promotion on my job. We're happy. But if it's that easy for us to get happy, then there's also things in life that can hit us that makes us unhappy, makes us sad, makes us depressed, makes us frustrated, makes us miserable, makes us say words we thought we stopped saying a long time ago. Your roots will be tested if you're living for happiness. Hmm. Let me say it another way. Happiness is based on what's happening. And before 2020, we all came in this year with so much excitement, so much, I'm about to do this, this about to be my decade, this year I'm about to take over. And if you were living for happiness, this may be the worst year of your life. But if you're living for joy, you can see in the middle of a pandemic, you can see in the middle of your problems, you can see when you don't feel prosperous that God is still working on the inside. When you're living for joy, you're not just staying for an emotional state. God wants to move you past your joy, your happiness, which also can mean enjoy, but God wants to give you a pure joy, something that will last, something that will remain for you forever. And if we try to continue to manufacture every area, every aspect, every plan of our season, sooner or later it's going to burn you out. And God is sitting on the sidelines saying, hey, I'll step in. Ask. I'm here. I got you. But you're doing it all yourself because we're working external things and expecting to produce internal fruit. 
And God is saying, keep knocking, keep seeking, keep asking. The thing that I want to give you, it will not be fleeting. It will remain. Also, when you look at the B clause of verse number 11, the Bible says, and that the joy may be full. Because we can live a life with a little bit of joy, a little bit of hope, a little bit of faith. And God is saying, my joy, my Zoe life for you, my agape love for you wants to make your life full. So you can't have joy if you're full of bitterness. You can't have joy to the full, to the overflow if you're full of regret, doubt, anxiety, wait, I'm coming to you, worry, hurting, pain, disappointment. You're full of all of these things and joy's down here at the little body and say, won't you just elevate me? Won't you just prioritize me? I can help you. I can help you live a life where you're not dependent upon other people. I can help you when your marriage is not tight to still remain strong. I can help you when your kids are getting on your last nerves to still be at peace, to still be at rest, still understanding that God's purpose is alive and well for my life. <clears throat> but let's be balanced here, right? You can enjoy life. You can do some things to be able to have fun. I think about my last week, I had the privilege and the honor to marry Miss Alexandra and Norman. It was fun. We enjoyed it. It was good. Then we went to go get some good food. My meal was okay, but somebody had like a pork loin, and that thing looked amazing, and they enjoyed it. Matter of fact, it topped off on a Saturday night. We had a little bit of a small group fellowship, and I had the most fun. We were playing spades, and the joy of the Lord was upon me, and I went undefeated. Everybody in there that wanted to step, wanted to try, wanted to come, and I hit them one game, two games, three games, who else wants some? Who else wants some? I'm providing juicy fruit in this place. And on Sunday, I enjoy being at home. I enjoy spending time with my family. I enjoy watching football. I enjoy hanging out. And on Thursday, let me just clap because I know where we're going. Mm. On Thursday morning, after the fast, I enjoy my eggs for breakfast. Hallelujah. I enjoy my eggs from breakfast. I enjoy my real coffee. I enjoy my mama bought me some M&Ms on Sunday. And I said, hold it to Thursday because I am going to enjoy it. Can I get a witness in the sanctified church? Woo! Mm. Enjoy. It's a part of joy, but it's not limited to it. Whether you want to call it happiness or you want to call it enjoy, those are temporary. It's here. You experience it. You keep it as a memory. Then it's gone. 
And see, what I found out, Pastor Aldine, over this last year, the number one detractor of joy is comparison. Comparison. While I'm eating my good food, my man Gio posts some pictures of some falling off the bone ribs, and I thought my chicken was good until I compared it to his ribs. Now my joy is gone. But I was okay because I beat him in space, but that's a whole nother topic. Joy, we see people post pictures and they say their family looking tight. Why doesn't my family look good? Her hair's on fleet, but the shoes are ugly. And your joy, that fast because of comparison is the thief of all joy. I'm mad. I'm going back to the whole Geo thing. I'm mad. I'm, I'm frustrated. My happiness was gone because I saw his ribs. And then I started to question myself. And I said, I can't cook. Dang. How much money those ribs cost? And just that fast, in a moment of enjoying, you see it go away. See, when we compare, here's our challenge, Pastor Aldine and Pastor Virginia, is that normally what the natural reaction for us is when we compare, we see ourselves as inferior or superior. And both are negative. Oh yeah, they got a good job, but I'll make more money than them. Is that juicy fruit? Oh, I see what they're doing over there. Oh, they're back open and we're not. Is that juicy fruit? Is that a heart of joy? And there's a difference between comparing versus us celebrating and inspiring and seeing great things and really to be happy, to be supportive, to celebrate other people's success. But when we compare, we start letting the external things Focus and destroy what God wants to do on the inside. And joy is not based on my possessions. Joy is based on my position. I'm going to say that again over here. Joy is not based on what I possess. Joy is based on my position. Joy is a heart posture. Joy is a mindset. It's on the inside. You don't need what you got in your cart on Amazon. It's not going to give you more joy. It will make you happy. Joy, it's a heart posture. Put that in the comment. My joy is a heart posture and a mindset. You need both. You got to have your heart fixed on God because our heart is the most deceitful of our things, and it is a mindset. And, and, and Paul tells us that we have to renew our mind daily, that our mind should be just as our mind is on Christ. We need to take his mind and put it in our mind. And if we don't work it, if we don't stay rooted, if we don't have position, life is coming. Challenges are coming. Jesus promised in this world we will have many troubles. And the people you're around, your kids, your spouse, they want to see how are you going to respond. Are you going to use the storm right now to produce juicy fruit? 
Or are you going to use this storm that you're in right now to give back rotten fruit or no fruit? How are you responding to the challenges of 2020? Did you use it to grow? Did you use it to sow? Or did you just give it a stiff arm? People will come to you when you're living a life filled with juicy fruit. And they will say, how are you holding it together? I see what you've been through. I know what you're going through with your kids, with your family. And how are you holding it all together? You should be worse off than how you look. This is a life full of joy. My joy, my joy, my joy. The world didn't give it, and the world can't take it away. Hallelujah. Juicy fruit. It doesn't matter what comes to me. I've seen Pastor Drew's shirt. We can take a licking and keep on ticking because the world that I have, the joy that I have is deeper than what's happening in my life. Catch this. Pay attention. Come back. Come back. Even when I have bad feelings, because I have joy, the bad feelings don't have me. <clears throat> when I have bad feelings, if you possess the fruit of the Spirit, joy, your bad feelings may come, but your bad feelings do not have you. Yes, it's uncomfortable. Yes, you're being transparent and real. Yes, your feelings were hurt. Yes, you are disappointed. But you understand when you have the fruit of the Spirit, when joy is developing in your life, that the steps of a good man, of a good woman, are ordered by the Lord. And joy is a constant. Joy is understanding that we are content with every step and every direction that God decides to take us. See, when you have joy, it's rooted in trust. And when we truly trust, it is transferring the responsibilities in our life over to God. We understand that God has it. We understand that God has already worked this out, that God has already seen the course. He's already seen our movie play out from the beginning to the end, and we just got to walk it out. Joy. See, I didn't go to church much when I was growing up. But one thing, when we were in middle school, we used to go to church because they said they would feed me. So, you know, it don't take much to get me to go. And there were two songs, two songs that I remember before the age of 18, before I really gave my life to the Lord. We used to get on the bus. They would give me some gum and a now and later, or some sitzlets. If you don't know that, Google it. Off the chain, throwback. Anyway, we would get on the bus, and they would always sing these two songs. Number one, and I can't sing, this is the day, this is the day that the Lord has made, that the Lord has made. I will rejoice, I will rejoice and be glad in it, and be glad in it. I'm done. Never understood it. Didn't resonate that what they were trying to do is to give us a mindset, understanding that whatever's going on in your life and your condition, you have to rejoice in everything, give thanks, in everything, give joy. 
the Bible tells us in, in Jeremiah chapter 17, I love this scripture, verse number 7. It says, but, and you can put this on the screen, but blessed are those, don't miss that, but blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. That is a life that is living from a place of fruitfulness. That is a scripture that reminds us that I have given the responsibility to God, that I can understand that no matter how many lemons you throw my way, I'm still going to make lemonade. I don't care how many challenges that have come. You have to understand that joy will keep you. Joy won't anchor you. Joy will keep you stable in the middle of your storm. Amen? Point number two. Can I go deeper? Point number two, and this hit me Thursday like a ton of bricks. Joy requires stewardship. Let me explain this. Give me a hand up in the comments if you remember the story of the parable of talents. The Bible talks about that there were three men. There was the OG that came in town and said, hey, how you doing? Sean, let me give you five talents. Tony, let me give you two talents. Papa John, I'm going to give you one talent. I'm about to leave town. I want you to work your gifts and produce something. Come back with more juicy fruit that you have been given. And the Bible talks about as Sean, as the OG comes back in town, Sean says, I had five pieces of fruit. I got 10 now. I worked your gift. I worked everything that you have given me. You came in with five. Now you have 10. Well done. Keep it up, Sean. Tony comes back. Tony had two pieces of fruit. Tony worked his gift. Tony worked his promise. Tony said, I've been a good steward too, dog. I had two pieces. Now you got four. How you like me now? Come on. And then Papa John. <laughs> Good old faithful Papa John took his one talent and said, you know what? It's been a rough year. The pandemic has hurt us. Why would I take a chance and listen to the Father? Matter of fact, right now I'm going to take what I have. I'm going to store it away. And when he comes back, I'm not going to lose anything. Matter of fact, I'm scared. Matter of fact, I'm not sure if things are going to work out because back in the 80s, back in the 70s, back in the early 90s, I tried to do something before. I tried to work the promises of the Lord. This time, I'm just going to give him back what he gave me. I'm okay with living a life of no fruit. I'm just going to give him back what he gave for me. And the Bible says... In Matthew chapter 25, verse 21, I've preached this passage multiple times, and this verse never hit me like this before. It says, his Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. We all know that part. You have faithful over the few things. I will make you ruler over things. And then the last part, it says, enter into the joy of the Lord. So joy means that we have to be good stewards. See, here's the thing. Christians 
that do not steward over what they have been given is just religious. Another word for stewardship is management. How have you managed this year? I'm pausing for effect. How have you managed the time, the resources, the opportunities that you have been given? This was your moment to produce more joy. And you just got jealous and you complain and you're trying to figure out what's going on because it's not happening how I planned it. And God said, this is your season to produce. Maybe you could be the person in the audience or online right now that do not have joy because you're lazy. Maybe you don't have joy because you were scared. Maybe you don't have joy because the last time you tried to preach and minister, they told you you weren't good enough. Listen, you are talking to someone when my first youth pastor job back in 2009, and I'm not sure if I told you this, after my first sermon replacing a senior pastor that had great charisma, I had a little 13-year-old girl write me an email and say, you can't preach. In her email, 12 years, I still remember it. And every time I get ready and I want to do stuff and I get distracted and I want to give up and I say, you know what? The email reminds me to be a good steward over my season, to be a good steward so I won't fail. Do not have the victim mentality. God has called us to be victorious, but we can easily, because of what's happening, become the victim. You ready for this? You can be a Christian and have good morals and bad management. <clears throat> you can be a Christian that have good morals and bad management. You can quote the scriptures. You can serve in church and struggle from month to month because you got the morals, but you got bad management. Or you can be the other way. And you probably work for this person. Bad morals, good management. You can't stand them, but they've learned how to manage their responsibility and their heart is off. As believers, if we want to draw others to Christ, good morals is not enough to produce juicy fruit. You have to have good morals and good management. That means accountability. That means you need to get help. That means you got to stop watching videos on YouTube about nothing and start learning something. I could say something and it will get me in trouble. I am not going to do it. I am not going to do it right now. I will be quiet. You can't get mad at somebody working the system if you're not willing to do the research and work it. I'm just going to leave it there. If you caught it, you caught it. If you missed it, you missed it. Good morals and good management is the difference between taking five and making it ten, taking two, making it four. But if you have good morals and bad management, what you take, you hold on to it, you forget the work to give, and you don't have anything. When you want to produce joy, I don't care what it is, grace, mercy, peace, 
any area of increase and improvement in your life is going to cost you something. Yep, quiet on the set. It is going to cost you something if you want to improve. Here, here, here was my prayer on Thursday for our church. Psalms 90 verse 12. Lord, teach us to number our days. Lord, help us to become good stewards. Lord, help us to not only have good morals and teach ethics and grace, but for us to have good management that we can live life to the full, to the overflow and more joy. See, tomorrow's harvest is based on today's seeds, period. If you don't like the harvest, you should check the seeds. If you're upset and you're frustrated about the seeds and the harvest in your life, you may have to do another root inspection. If you're still producing more jealousy than joy, you got to check the seeds. If you're watching drama, if you're watching um, Real Housewives and all of these other things and trying to figure out why I can't get joy because you have been sowing seeds of jealousy for the whole week. And you're going to give God 10 to 15 minutes, but you give 10 to 15 hours of these shows and stuff that produces no fruit. You got to check your seed. Amen. Amen. Teach Pastor James. Hallelujah. Praise to Jesus. I need some water on that one. Hallelujah. Mm. Okay. James chapter 1 verse 2, because I know it's tight. James chapter 1, verse 2, you cannot teach on joy without talking about this passage, Papa John. The Bible says in verse number 2, you can put that on the screen, James chapter 1, verse 2, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. What? Hold up, put that, put that. When troubles come. Consider it an opportunity for great joy. See, some of us, even me, have been asking to be the pastor like Jesus, to live a heart of joy, and he sent no AC. He sent a pandemic, and I'm like, what? And God is telling us, consider it as a great opportunity to produce joy. Do you want to take 10 years to do this? Or can I accelerate your process through problems and challenges? You want to get there fast? Take the hardest job there. Don't take the easy street. You will not produce joy. You will not produce increase. For those that are trying to make more money, solve the problems. Ask God. We ain't even got number five on the screen. Seek him for wisdom. Seek him for insight. Seek him for understanding. If he can use anybody, he can use you. The most unqualified, the most person that has the most baggage, the person with the least amount of education. God can use you. Use me, Lord. Come on. Point number three. If you want joy, joy requires, you know it, focus. It's all about perspective. Joy, great joy, is not going to come as you expect it. When we think about joy, we have to be counterculture because we live in a society today that craves pleasure in a society today that believes that I am right all the time. 
Stay off my timeline. Stay off my comments. We crave entertainment. We crave all of these things and our feelings, as I said before, they are fleeting. They are here today. They are gone tomorrow. They were changed this way. They were changed that way. It is like us trying to create and predict the weather in St. Louis. Give it up. I don't care. Sit still. Be 40. No rain. Rain's coming. Give it up. It is fleeting. Three years, I still can't get it. And some of you, 35 years, you still can't get it. Give it up. It is fleeting. I don't care what the almanac says. Give it up. And that's what we try to do with joy. Today, it's going to be like this. Today, I'm going to do this at this time. Today, I'm going to do that. And then God comes with a curveball. And we say we want joy, and we have to be prepared. See, this is why you should be careful in your life when you give up so quick. One of the hardest things as a pastor when someone comes to me and say, I don't like my job. I want to quit. Hmm. You want to quit because you're not happy? We're not doing church to produce happiness. Are you unhappy to create a righteous frustration to produce change in the organization? Or is God, or are you trying to be like Jonah, which we talked about last month, and you're still running, and you keep quitting jobs because you're not happy, and God is saying you need joy, not happiness, and we quit our marriage because we're not happy. We thought every day was going to be like a honeymoon. And God is saying we're not being married to just be happy. Yes, you can enjoy and have great experience, but you need to get joy. That is why marriage, I don't know how you can even try. I don't know how you can make it happen on your own without the joy of the Lord in your life because you got issues, you got issues, you got issues, you got issues, and they got issues too. But if we want the joy, if we want to see the fruit of the Spirit, when challenges come, it is our opportunity to grow. Verse number three and verse number four, it says, For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow, for when endurance is fully developed, that was point number one, you will be perfect and complete in needing nothing, needing nothing on the outside, needing nothing from my education, needing nothing because I have something on the inside that is greater. I've been a good steward. I have been a good manager. And the Bible tells us, Job, when we look at his life, everything that could produce for him to be happy, he lost it. He lost everything. And that is correct but it's incomplete. Again, most of us will say that Job lost everything. Tony, it is correct, but it's incomplete. Because in that moment, when his wife told him, you should just curse God and die, and he couldn't because he said, I'm not happy anymore. I still got joy. There's still something on the inside. I've been spending time with the Lord. 
Daily I made sacrifices. He's whispered in my ear, I got joy. I know I lost it. I know I don't have it. I know I don't have any money. But there is something on the inside that says, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. He's my God when I have money. He's my God when I am broke. He is my God when I am a father. He is my God when I don't have kids. I have joy. But what about Joseph? When you have joy, when your family leaves you hanging, when you get thrown into a pit, when you have someone trying to set up an entanglement on your life, it is joy when God brings them back and you have the opportunity to kill them. You have the opportunity to destroy them. When you have the opportunity to see them suffer, you will say what the enemy meant for bad. God has turned it around from good. You cannot say that without joy. How does Daniel go in the face of the enemy and say, I will not bow down. You got power, but I serve a God with all power. This is your season to shine but my God is the Alpha and Omega. This is your season to enforce authority, but God has power over them all. And it is with the spirit of joy that Daniel stayed committed, that Daniel stayed fast, and that he was able to go down and sleep in the middle of the lion's den because of joy in his life. He slept with hope He slept with confidence. He slept with conviction because of the joy in his life. What about Paul and Silas? After all of the ministry they continue to do over and over and over, what did they do? They just not have joy. They continue to rejoice over and over again. And when we get joy, maybe you're not set free physically, but you can be set free spiritually. So you're not worried about what's on the outside because joy can release you on the inside. Psalms chapter 30, verse 5. This is not on the scripture, so let's keep rocking and rolling, where it says, weeping may endure for a night, but joy is coming in the morning. I don't care if your 2020 looks dark, Joy is on the way. In closing, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. The Bible tells us, and you can put this on a screen, and we got it from the Good News Translation. The Bible says in verse number 2, Let us keep our eyes fixed on Jesus on whom our faith depends from the beginning to the end. Listen to this part. He did not give up because of the cross. Again, he did not give up because of the cross. On the contrary, because of joy that was waiting for him. He knew he had a seat waiting. He thought nothing of the disgrace of dying on the cross. He knew He is now seated at the right hand of the Father on his throne, my God. Jesus is not just a figure. He's not just a example, but he is the example in our life. The Bible told us in that scripture that it was joy that kept him on the cross. 
one blink of an eye, one spoken word, in a moment's notice, he could have got off the cross. He could have did whatever he wanted to do at his beck and call. See, joy focuses on the future. Joy is able to look forward. His joy is able to see past my current pain and understanding that there's purpose on the other side. Again, there's joy sees past my current pain, sees past my current issues, and understand there is purpose. Juicy fruit. Joy means that we have a different perspective. Joy is not caught up on my present circumstances. Joy, when we understand that it's taken us, that God has taken us to the other side, that God has taken us to another place. Jesus, during this time, is not just the cross. His beard was ripped out. He was spit on. He was whipped with a cat of nine tails, which 39 times, which equates to over hundreds of whips to the back. He was asked after being mutilated, having a time or being beat up pretty rough to carry a cross over 90 pounds. How do you do it? Staying in a place of joy. He carried it while his family rejected it. He recarried it after three years of investing and sowing in it to his disciples. And when he needed them the most, when you think the people should be with you, he was left alone. He was rejected. He had pierced hands. Why did Jesus not get married? Why did Jesus remain pure? It was joy. He knew what was coming ahead. See, while we're getting ready, even to the point Jesus was giving out juicy fruit on the cross. He was hanging there. And one person was like, hey, remember me. I'll see you in paradise. Hey, for those that didn't even ask, he said, Lord, forgive them because they know not what they do. And see, our issue when it comes to folk, when we're trying to develop our joy, when we're trying to stay focused, is that we major in the minor and we minor in in the major. We put a lot of focus on a squeaky wheel, the thing that gives the most attention, and we neglect our first love. We neglect the things that happen, and we, that's what challenges our stewardship. So where are you at today? Are you producing this pure joy that's available for you? God wants you to know that it's not what you're going through it is where you're going to. Again, it's not what you're going through. It is where you're going to. So if you're going through pain, God wants to lead you to purpose. If you're going through hurting, God is going to use that to help people. If you're in a season of misery, God will repackage it for ministry. While 2020 has been a challenge, God said you're a champion. While 2020 has been a challenge, God said you're more than a conqueror. Not just a conqueror, more than a conqueror. How are you going to finish? Tomorrow marks 80 days left in the year. Will you remain faithful? Will you stay connected? Will you stay grounded in this season? And if you're willing to remain faithful. 
you will be fruitful. Stand to your feet. <clears throat> Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray that this word just really tugs at the heart of your people. That we've done a lot of grace and mercy preaching, but this series is about lifestyle. Lord, we're challenging your people to not just be fans and admirers of you, but to really deny ourselves to pick up our cross and to follow you. God, you're, you're hungry, you're desiring for people to produce more fruit. And Lord, I pray the prayers of our heart that we say, Lord, let it be me. For those under the sound of my voice, that you've been more focused on being happy versus being joyful, this is your opportunity today to make a change. This is your opportunity today to be pruned. And for those that are trying to figure out where is my fruit in this season, I pray for the hearts for us to trust you when we can't trace you. Understand that we can trust in you with all our hearts, that we can lean not to our own understanding, and that we can acknowledge you, and you will direct our path. In your path, there is juicy fruit. In your path, there is love. In your path, there is peace. In your path, there is hope. There is transformation. There are purpose. So Lord, I pray for the hearts today that while the fast is over, you still become our focus. For the things that we have, we're not where we want to be, but we're not where we used to be. And when we surrender our hearts, our minds, and our spirit to you, you will bring life and life more abundantly. So we open up our arms today. And we say, Lord, allow us to decrease, that you may increase, that we will be a church that produces joy and fruit that will remain. And all that agree online and in this place, say amen, amen, and amen. All right, at this time, if we can have Pastor Drew come up and close us out. Well, amen and amen. Wow, what a powerful message on joy. The joy of the Lord is our strength. I hope that you were encouraged today through the message. What a dynamic word from Pastor James. Thank you for being obedient to God's word today. Please join us again next week at 1030. We'll be live again. Uh, and throughout the week, make sure you stay plugged into the Facebook page for important announcements and updates. And again, as always, we love you. God loves you. We'll see you next week.